Everyone, remain calm. Yeah. Ooh. Ah. That's how it always starts. And later, there's running and screaming. World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello. And welcome to the 16th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we'll keep the news light because we're going to head into the Visitor Center where I chat with Sabrina and Garrett from I Know Dino, the Big Dinosaur Podcast. We had a great conversation about dinosaurs, their podcast process, and their thoughts on the Jurassic Park franchise. And following that, I'll wrap it up with the listeners segment, featuring some voicemails and online responses. Let's get things started off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. Eighteen minutes and your company catches up on ten years of research. Access main program. Access security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. Today, I guarantee it. So you know how Jurassic World is currently sitting at number three on the all-time list of top-earning films? Well, TulsaWorld.com wants to put us all in our place by pointing out the fact that Jurassic World currently sits in 28th place when it comes to tickets sold. Jurassic World currently has sold over 75.2 million tickets. Sounds pretty big, right? Well, coming in at number one with over 200 million tickets sold is Gone with the Wind, which also holds the number one spot for ticket earnings adjusted for inflation. So I'm sorry for deflating your Jurassic ego a bit, but I think Universal and all the fans can be proud that no matter what, Jurassic World is still one of the most successful films of all time. You can find a link to the article in the show notes. Dailymail.co.uk posted an article featuring pictures by photographer Seth Lawless, who recently journeyed into the past by visiting the abandoned Michigan theme park, Prehistoric Forest. The pictures feature some creepy dinosaur props that are still standing, and you also get a glimpse into some of the structures inside the park. You know, it's too bad this park didn't stand the test of time, because despite the apocalyptic vibe it's giving off now, it kind of looks like a cool place. Take a look at the link in the show notes to find all the pictures. MovieMistakes.com has compiled a list of mistakes comprised of plot holes, uh, continuity errors, audio problems, and assortment of other issues. Jurassic World comes in with 18 mistakes, which makes it the leader so far for 2015, ahead of Terminator Genesis with 10 and Mad Max with 8. So go ahead and take a look at the link in the show notes to find a list of those mistakes. Let us know what you think about them because we may end up covering this on an upcoming episode, so I'd love to know what you think. We have two birthdays to celebrate here. The first one is Frank Marshall, the producer of Jurassic World and probably more of your favorite films. He celebrated his birthday on Sunday the 13th of September. And today, September 14th, is Sam Neill's birthday. 
Alan Grant has barely aged, and we'd love to see him back taking on dinosaurs in the sequel. Happy birthday, guys! In a bit of sad news, over the weekend we got word that Alan Perwin, a pilot who has worked on Jurassic Park, The Lost World, and Jurassic World, has perished in a plane crash. Perwin, along with Carlos Brell, were fatally injured during the plane crash in the Colombian mountains, shortly after production wrapped on a new Tom Cruise film called Mina. Along with the Jurassic films, Perwin worked on a ton of other movies and will surely be missed within the industry. You can find a link to the CNN article in the show notes. You know the first attraction I ever built when I came down from Scotland? The Flea Circus, Petticoat Lane. Really quite wonderful. We had uh, a wee trapeze and a medica um, carousel. And a seesaw. They all move, motorized, of course, but uh, people would say they could see the fleas. Oh, I can see the fleas, mummy, can't you see the fleas? Clown fleas and high wire fleas and fleas on parade. But this place, I wanted to show them something that wasn't an illusion, something that was real. Something that they could see and touch. I mean, not devoid of merit. Let's open up the doors to the visitor center, where I discuss dinosaurs, Jurassic Park, and more with Sabrina and Garrett of I Know Dino, the Big Dinosaur Podcast. So I'm joined by Sabrina and Garrett this week from I Know Dino, the Big Dinosaur Podcast. And uh, we came across each other on Twitter, I think this week, and decided to do a little bit of a crossover episode and talk about dinosaurs and Jurassic Park. And uh, these two certainly know a ton about dinosaurs, so I highly suggest uh, listening to their podcast. It's really awesome. Um, I'd like to start off my interviews with uh, one of the toughest questions I can think of. So, So you two, are you ready? Yep. So... You're trapped in a kitchen with a raptor. What do you do? Um, what what type of raptor are we talking? Is it like Jurassic Park style? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna go with the the film style. <laughs> huh. Ooh. So let's see. In that movie, they they do the thing where they hide. I don't think I could fit. <laughs> you could probably hide. I can, Garrett is six foot three. I'm five foot two. So, so yeah, you're, you're not fitting in any kind of cabinets or anything. <laughs> I'd vote for Sabrina hiding, and then I guess I would just try to run. Okay, look for the nearest uh, freezer, maybe. Yeah, yeah freezer. You think you can't run them? <laughs> well, it's gonna have to react to me starting to run. Uh... So in the meantime, hopefully, I, you know, it's looking the other way, and then I can. A little head start on it. Maybe yeah. throw something in a different direction. Throw them off. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Well, it sounds. It sounds like you guys will get out. I think. I think you'll be safe. You know. <laughs> you might have to hide for a while. Who knows how long they're going to linger in that kitchen? I don't know. If they kill me, then she'll be able to sneak out. Oh, that's sad though. Uh, you're you're going to be the bait, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of a. Uh, there's a Sesame Street made a Jurassic Park version. 
with Cookie Monster. <laughs> in and the kitchen. In the, ki- the kitchen scene, specifically. Oh, man. So if it was anything like that, the T-Rex was actually a giant gingerbread cookie. And then Cookie Monster hugs it and realizes it's a cookie and then tries to eat it. <laughs> well, let's hope your scenario is like that because I don't know if you want to go hug those raptors too much. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so um, on to the real questions. Uh, what got you guys into dinosaurs? Ooh, for me, I think it was Land Before Time. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. probably the same for me. We actually, uh, so we got married last year. and We had a dinosaur-themed wedding. Oh, congrats. Thanks. And, uh, yeah, my dad gave a whole big speech, like, what's with the dinosaurs? And <laughs> he cited Land Before Time for me. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the first thing. And then just deep into lots of books. Because mm-hmm. especially as a kid, who was, I think it was Jack Horner was talking about why kids are so into dinosaurs. And he was saying, because they were big and there were so many different kinds of them and they're not around anymore. So it just like really gets your imagination going, all the different types and everything. Oh, yeah. And that's what sucked me in. Jurassic Park, too, for sure. Jurassic Park was also good. Oh, yeah. You got you can't get away from that. That's awesome. <laughs> 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 no, but I agree, though. The, uh, I think it's the, uh, you know, the imagination to it all. You know, you, you imagine these giant creatures and with the, uh, with the claws and the teeth and the scales or whatever they have. And uh, it's just, it's awesome to imagine and, and, I think that's definitely a good reason, definitely. So why don't you guys tell me a little bit about your podcast? Oh, All right. go, go ahead. So <laughs> there are basically two big parts to it. We'll go through all the news, and the news, I guess news is several things. So we'll do, the main thing I do is I'll go through the scientific journals and the like heavy-duty, you know, what color were feathers and how exactly we can figure out what color they were and what which scientists agree with that and all this mm-hmm. kind of heavy research stuff. Yeah. And then the lighter news, which is like... Sesame Street and Cookie Monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or the pop culture stuff. Yeah. And then uh, the other big thing that we do is we do like a dinosaur of a day, the day every podcast. So we did... What was the most recent one? Stegosaurus. Yeah, and Sabrina basically does all that, as you can tell by me asking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been getting a lot of requests lately from listeners, which is awesome. Um, nice. Okay, so next week's is Stegosaurus, and that's requested from a listener who is his favorite dinosaur, and he has this really awesome, intricate tattoo of it on his arm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he sent a message that was something like, could you do one on Stericosaurus? It's really popular around here with a picture of the tattoo. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so do you, you you just kind of um, you know uncover all the facts and just tell a bit about it? A little bit of the history, uh, how it was found, and then what we know about it. And then uh, a lot of these dinosaurs are in the media in some way or another, so I like to mention where you can see them. Oh, also, where in museums you can go. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts is where you can actually see... Uh, at least some of the bones of it, if not a big replica or an animatronic or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's a really cool aspect, you know, because a lot of people want to see these things, you know, in person, and, and that's definitely a cool opportunity to let everybody know. I like that a lot. So, where where can you? What's like one of the best places you can find um, dinosaur bones? So, our two favorites, I would say, there's the American Museum of Natural History in New York, mm-hmm. is awesome mm-hmm. it's got a huge dinosaur hall and yeah. just 
tons of cool stuff. It was one of the two that was heavily involved in the Bone Wars, so they got a ton of dinosaur oh, Bar- bones. Barnum Brown used to work there, so he gave them a lot of material. Yeah, yeah. And then the other big one is Dinosaur National Monument, which is in Utah and Colorado on the border. And they have a big building that's kind of built around a cliff, and then a lot of the dinosaur bones are still in that cliff. So it's actually like partially excavated. It's a really awesome place to go. Mm -hmm. You can actually touch some of the real uh, fossils in the wall. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I read the article about that recently, and then I heard you guys talking about it on I think maybe one of your last episodes. Um, how they uh, what are they preserving the land over there? Yeah, they're thinking about making it a national park instead of a national monument, which yeah, it's kind I of confusing. Yeah, yeah, I guess it means something. They said something about like they get more funding and it's a little bit more protected or something. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense then. It matters to somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, you know, if they're going to get more money, that's uh, definitely the opportunity to take that and make it a, a national park. If that if that helps, you know. Yeah, I think that's really the motivating <laughs> piece to it. Yeah, so I got to go there and check that out. You know, I I, I, uh, I think the nearest one to me is probably you know New York. So I've been oh. there a few times, and it's it's definitely some awesome stuff. Well, you're in New Jersey, right? Yeah. So there's um, you can see Hattie. Oh yeah. In, uh, where was that? Well, Hattie, so in uh, Haddonfields, Haddon, New Jersey, yeah. is where this where the Hadrosaurus was originally discovered. I don't... It was the first North American dinosaur discovered. Yeah, and it was the first one that was ever mounted on, like, a, a board with an outline of what they thought it looked like or some, some such first. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this uh-huh. Boy Scout about 10 years ago or maybe 20 years ago as his Eagle Scout project, decided to find the exact site where that dinosaur was discovered. And it's pretty cool because it's just at, like, the end of this residential street. There's, like, this big plaque that's, like, here's where the first... Yeah, it's just literally a park at the end of a street you'd never get. And apparently all the neighbors, the kids there, they they trade dinosaur toys. They'll just leave them on this table here and you can just borrow one whenever you want. (laughs) I gotta go check that out. Yeah. And then that the actual Haddonfields dinosaur find is in uh, the, yeah in the Drexel Museum of something or other in Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah, you know, I had I, I had no idea. I think I've heard of of the name before, but Haddonfield. I I used to live right around there, so and I had no clue. <laughs> Man, I missed out because I just moved. So. Oh, well, we used to live in New Jersey. It's. It's not too bad to drive. No, no, definitely not. You know, it's it's maybe about an hour from here, so uh, I think I can make it. Yeah. Garrett made a really good um, map, actually. If you ever get a chance on our Dino Dino site, uh, he mapped out all the good dinosaur museums in basically North America, mostly the U.S., but a little bit in Canada as well. Yeah. Oh, nice. I got to check good. that out. That's awesome. <laughs> kind of find your nearest place. Yeah. <laughs> So let's move on to the, uh, the, the Jurassic Park films. Um, what's your take on the films? How do, you, how do you perceive them? Well, we both love Jurassic Park, the first one. Yeah. That's yeah. given. <laughs> yeah. The one thing, just to start out negative and then we can go positive. <laughs> the, there was a line by one of the uh, paleontologists who was talking about the movie, and he said, the original movie 
brought the science of the 1990s to a 1990s audience. So it was all the latest and greatest. The whole thing about um, the raptor, even calling it a raptor, was real kind of new and revolutionary thinking Mm -hmm. um, at the time. But then with Jurassic World, they were like, well, you're kind of bringing the science of the 1990s to a 2015 audience. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a little annoying that they still do a lot of those like cliche things that we know aren't true, like not having feathers or like some of the dinosaurs can't see you if you don't move and some of that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, well, they they kind of established their their routine there, and they kind of you know I guess they can't really stray from it. So I can't blame yeah. them, but I I kind of you know I can feel the hatred as to why people are upset about that. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, but overall, most paleontologists, and we tend to agree, um, overall, they're great movies, and they are entertainment. You know, it's basically a monster movie, so it's you have to have certain weaknesses and certain strengths, and they have to have a certain appearance to them, so you can kind of appreciate that they don't want to make them feathery if people aren't as scared of that and things like that. So, mm-hmm. As long as people realize that that's not actually the way dinosaurs looked, I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think they took that route with Jurassic World and tried to uh, inform people that you know these creatures you see on screen are just monsters. You know they're genetically modified and and uh, you know they're not true to real life. So I, I'm glad they took that route yeah. and hopefully people kind of picked up on that. But um, I think still, even after the movie debuted, everybody was on top of the movie. Like, why why didn't they perceive them as the real things? You know, where were the feathers and stuff? But you know, it's like you said, it's entertainment and you kind of have to just go, you know, for a popcorn flick, basically. So, yeah. And we definitely liked the first three enough because we went to the uh, the earliest showing we could find <laughs> in like a 50 mile radius. Yeah. 7 p.m. on a Thursday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think oh, I think you beat me. I was uh, 8 p.m. on a Thursday. <laughs> yeah. And the, my crazy part was, yeah, I just got married this this year too in June. Congrats! Uh, on June thirteenth, and the movie came out on the twelfth. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I actually went I think on the eleventh on that Thursday, and uh, you know we were actually not even in New Jersey. We we got married in another state, so you know I took some time <laughs> and went to see the movie. So you know if you're dedicated, you know you'll find time to go. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was wondering, you know what your interpretation would be, you know, since, since you've got a specific view on how dinosaurs look. So it's, it's, it's glad this, I'm glad to see that you can appreciate the movies for what they are, even though they're not a realistic depiction of, you know, raptors and, and, and other uh, dinosaurs there. So that, that's good to hear. Yeah. And it isn't too far off because for a long time, there was this whole tail dragging thing and all that. And Jurassic Park, we mentioned at one point was the first, real main movie to show dinosaurs moving quickly. So mm-hmm. there's that scene where all the Gallimimus, I think it's Gallimimus running through yeah, a field. Yeah, like too. Yeah, and they're pretty bird-like and they're hiding because they're running so fast and it, it's kind of like, uh, what was that movie 28 Days Later that had the first zombies running? Oh. <laughs> where it was just like a totally different thing and when you saw it for the first time you're like, wow, yeah, what if they did run fast? Yeah. That's definitely a scary aspect of it. I mean, with those ones, you don't have to worry about it too much aside from getting trampled, I guess. But um, one of the cool things is they kind of uh, recreated that scene in Jurassic World, and you get to see the Gallimimus again. And I think this time around, they actually look even more bird-like, which is kind of cool. 
I found that to be, you know, a thing with all the the newer dinosaurs. They kind of, I mean, like we said, they didn't like put feathers on them and do all that stuff, but they they tried to change them slightly. And I can see slight differences like with the Gallimimus and stuff like that. So it's it's cool that they sort of started to take that route. Yeah. yeah. I think they gave a nod to birds too. What was it? The one of the first scenes where it showed uh was it a ring? Oh, yeah, the, the movie opens, right? With a yeah. crow's foot or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, it just stomps down on that ice and uh and then it pans out and you're like, "Ah, it's just a crow." Yeah. Yeah, that was <laughs> awesome. I like yeah, that. Yeah, and I think they uh with the Indominus Rex, if you looked at its feet, it really looked like that crow foot. You know, it kind of uh replicated that a lot. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, they did. They did a good job, and I think I don't even know if it was intentional. But when the raptor actors, you know, they had all the guys doing the raptor motions, they did look a little bit bird-like. They were a little bit like twitchy and stuff. <laughs> where I think in the first movie they were a little bit more like menacing and plodding, not as you know. Yeah, I agree. They they definitely had like more like a, a head bob kind of thing going for them, and. Uh, yeah, they definitely had some subtle differences, these raptors versus the old raptors. Yeah. I'm not sure, you know, I can't really put my finger on exactly what it is. I feel like these ones are maybe a little bit bulkier than the old ones or, or bigger. I don't know what it is, but it's it's there's something slightly different about them, and you can tell. Yeah. Um. So, so what are your thoughts on Jurassic World? You know, they introduced a different kind of... Uh, plot line here with the hybrids and all that so what do you think about about the mixing these different genes together and creating um you know a super dinosaur or a monster dinosaur i liked it uh we actually got a chance to interview jack horner which is awesome and wow. he's the paleontologist who consulted on all the movies and yeah so we asked him about like because he kind of gave the go-ahead for what he thought could and couldn't be possible, right? Yeah, and he was actually saying that he was a little disappointed they didn't make Indominus Rex even more out there. Like, I guess oh, he was yeah. the one that came up with the idea of it camouflaging. He really wanted that in there. Mm-hmm. And he wanted it to be, like, bulletproof and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. Um, and there's that, like, military aspect going on in that movie, so they could have done, like, a little bit more crazy stuff, I guess. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, if you- their vision or something <laughs> yeah i guess you can only go so far you know if, if that thing starts to get shot and, and it's not getting taken down like right away you know there was a i think the helicopter shot when they're they got that giant gun on on the helicopter they're shooting it but you can tell they're kind of missing so yeah they don't specifically make it too bulletproof i guess yeah yeah i liked it it was interesting one of the behind the scenes they were showing some of the dinosaurs and how they were modeling. I think it was, was it a Brachiosaurus that was sick? Uh, the, like, uh, the Apatosaurus? Oh, is it Apatosaurus? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And they they showed where they were modeling it, and then I guess the studio said, like, that's too small, you got to make it bigger. Yeah, and that's, that's right. One thing, <laughs> yeah. It's one thing I've noticed in basically all the movies, which is a lot of the things are pretty accurate, and they just scale it up like 50%. You're like, wow, that looks really big. And then you're like, actually, it looks a little too big. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there's a few of them that look huge. Like um, Spinosaurus, I feel like, just is so giant. And it's, I don't know, like, I think it changes perspective from scene to scene. You know, I don't know if you've noticed that before in other yeah. movies even. They kind of like, it, it, it's this big in one scene, and then you go to another scene where it's kind of like a battle, and it's just 
10 times bigger looking. And, you know, sometimes the perspective changes. I don't know what it is, but they, they always seem to do that with, with um, monster movies, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You think the hybrid aspect worked? You know, did you um, have any problems with it? Or, or was that kind of uh, the type of dinosaur you'd think you'd see if you mixed all those variations together? Sure. I mean, you could technically, I guess theoretically, you could make whatever you want. So if they had the technology to reverse engineer different animals into it, you know, at that point, you're basically science fiction. I'm kind of glad that they did a sci-fi um, take on it rather than trying to make up something that we know wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, they, they originally had that uh, stegoceratops in there, right? And um, I think... Oh, they, they actually had it in there? Well, I didn't know. No, well, sort of. I mean, it was on one of the screens when they were in one of the labs. Um, you could see it on there. It was just a digital version of it. It wasn't like a, a picture or anything. But, um, uh, you know, if they had included that, you know, they made the toy... Um, I feel like that would have been maybe a little too far, you know, because yeah. the Indominus you can kind of see as like a real dinosaur. It's just out of control and a little violent. But, you know, Stegoceratops, you kind of have to like put your imagination out there and just be like, okay, I believe it, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah, you're right. They kind of grounded it, even though it was, you know, uh, genetically modified and something different. But actually, that, you know, that's really the aspect they've taken throughout all these movies, you know, because. Because none of them are really dinosaurs; they're all, you know, gen- genetically modified from the start. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Kind of along those lines, in the uh, Jurassic uh, Lego game, one of the things you can do <laughs> is make your own dinosaur, your own genetically modified, and <laughs> nice. do whatever you want with it. So, it's pretty fun. Garrett's, <laughs> yeah, Garrett's favorite was what was it? Is so your- I've got, it's got an ankylos ta- ankylosaurus tail. On a Dilophosaurus body, <laughs> yeah, or no, tri- raptor body, and a Triceratops head, and a Triceratops wow. head, which is really useful in the game because you can use the tail to bash stuff. You can charge at stuff with the horns, and then the raptors have these certain like smart animal things, like they can build okay. the bricks. So yeah, that one's really fun, and I made it chrome colored, so it's like, oh it looks God. like a robot. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I haven't uh, gotten a chance to play that yet, so that sounds like a really cool aspect. I had no idea that was um, even part of it. Yeah, that's fun. I am glad they cut out the what tri what did what did you call it? Stegoceratops, I think. Yeah, Stegoceratops. <laughs> we saw we saw that too when the toy got announced or leaked or whatever. I was like, oh no, like Indominus Rex, okay, but why are they? Come yeah. on. <laughs> I mean. I, I gotta say the toy looks pretty cool. I, I would have that here on my desk, but I, di- I didn't get a chance to pick it up. But when it comes to being in a movie, that's a completely separate story. You know that that might look a little too ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's it's better than the route they could have taken. I don't know if you you uh, paid attention a few years ago before Jurassic World was even announced. Uh, this is probably going back a while. They were gonna do the uh, what is it? The human hybrid with the dinosaur. That was just. Oh, jeez. Terrible looking. <laughs> that sounds like it'd be painful to look at. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of was. I think there's some artwork or something floating around. Um, and it's, yeah, it's kind of painful to look at. That sounds like what I imagine when I hear that is, uh, what was the third mummy movie, The Scorpion King, when The Rock was combined with the giant um, <laughs> scorpion? Yeah. 
And it was like the worst CGI ever of like the rock's torso melding into this big monster. <laughs> yeah, that was like 10 years after Jurassic Park came out and they, they couldn't get it right. How could they not get that CGI right? That was literally the worst CGI I think I've ever seen. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so bad. And of course, you know, they had to throw in his, uh, his little eyebrow wink or whatever yeah. he does, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was sad. I enjoyed the movie, that movie, um, aside from that part, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I, w- I actually wanted to ask you guys a lot about the, um, the T-Rex. Um, we, now, we know it's the same T-Rex in both Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. And uh, what do you know about, like, the lifespan of a T-Rex? Do you know anything about that? So what they say is that I guess what they do when they look at a fossil is you can look at um, how spongy it is, basically. Okay. And if it's still kind of spongy, that means that it's still growing. Hmm. And all the T-Rexes that they've found are still kind of spongy. Oh. So they, they say that they've never really found an adult T-Rex. Interesting. And yeah. So um, some of them are like, we don't really know how big they got. We know how big the ones we've found have gotten. And I think most of them are like late 20s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oldest ones. But a lot other dinosaurs lived up 100 or older. So wow. it's it's kind of hard to say like how big they would have gotten and stuff. As far as like the way it looked, we know that it had feathers or proto feathers at this point or most likely because other ones in its family that are really closely related had a lot of feathers. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm kind of glad they went the no feather route, you know, like we talked about before, you know, maybe would have looked a little corny. I don't know. Corny, I guess in the films, <laughs> you know, with, with, without the feathers is more intimidating, more scary, like you mentioned. So I'm glad they took that route, even though it's, you know, inaccurate, I guess. Yeah, they could have. I think if they did the right pattern on the feathers, they might have been able to make it look intense. Like you yeah. could do a, like black and white with like some crazy aggressive lines to it or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned the, uh, you know, you, you said the lifespan is, a you know, late 20s or so. Um, that, that that's good because that kind of matches up here with Jurassic Park to Jurassic World, you know, because that thing, um, I, I don't know, I, how old do you think it was in the, uh, how long do you think it took, take, uh, took to get that, um, size in Jurassic Park? Do you have any idea? What was it? They did a comparison of T-Rex. I think it was about 20 years. Indominus Rex, yeah, and how. 20 years approximate for full growth or nearly full growth. Yeah, I mean, it, that looks probably like nearly full growth, right? The original Rex? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it could have been, you know, a few years old, I guess, at that point. And then you add another 22 years on top of that. And who knows, this thing could be pushing 30. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. And I, I don't know, um, you know, dinosaurs living in isolation because there there was no other Rexes, as far as we know, on that on that original island. Uh, do you think it would have been okay, like, living on its own, or does it need somebody else? You know, does it need a mate or something like that? There's been a lot of speculation over that, and whether or not they maybe hunted in packs or, you know, even down to if they were more hunters or scavengers. Yeah. They do think that they were probably pretty friendly parents because a lot of, a lot of predators in general apparently are much better parents than herbivores 
because predators are baby predators are th- seen as a threat by these herbivores, so they'll kind of kill them, and then also the predators have to teach their kids how to hunt because you know plants. It's pretty easy to figure out how to eat, but attacking uh, an armored dinosaur with a tail that could kill you, you know, make you mortally. It's yeah. a whole other story. So I think it, it probably could survive on its own and probably not be too depressed, I would guess. I mean, they weren't too much smarter than birds, so... There's some birds, though, that are are sad if they don't have a mate. Are there? Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> Well, I think no matter who you are, what you are, if you're on an island for 30 years alone, that's got to be kind of depressing. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know how they corralled that thing after the, uh, you know, the first island just, you know, went to hell. I don't know how they corralled it and got it, you know, back in the park in Jurassic World. Um, So that was, that must be an interesting side story. I'd like to see somehow, maybe in like a, you know, a TV show or a prequel or something like that. That'd be definitely interesting to see. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I'm glad you guys said that it likes to hunt, you know, because that's one of the uh, quotes from the first movie. You know, they're trying to feed it the goat and they say it doesn't want to be fed. It wants to hunt. So I guess that sounds about right. You know, we're on the right track. Yeah. And when the thing fights, do you um, do you think that's an accurate depiction when it fought the Indominus Rex? Is that something you could see (laughs) it taking on? Because Indominus was seen to be bigger and more violent and scarier. Do you think it could take on that Indominus Rex? Uh. (laughs) Well, that whole fight scene is basically, you know, fantasy level of attacking. There is a lot. So basically the T-Rex approach from what it seems like, it's got these big teeth and they're basically designed to crush and do a lot of heavy damage and then possibly even just kind of run away afterwards and wait for the other thing to die. Um, Because it might have had... Kind of venom. No, not venom. Not venom. Um, Could have had bacteria or bacteria something. Bacteria. Oh, okay. Um, but in any event, it, it its technique was basically to take a huge chunk out of the enemy if it was going to attack, most likely. So there were a lot of scene, a lot of times in that battle where T-Rex would get a big bite onto the other one's neck or something, and then it would kind of shake them off. So if that wasn't killing the other guy that wasn't killing the Indominus Rex. I don't think the T-Rex would have really had another move after that. Yeah. It's kind of like a one trick pony, you know, it, it has that bite, but then it, it kept letting go and it kept like throwing it or, or headbutting yeah. it even. Yeah. Yeah. So it was probably, probably wouldn't have made it. How did, the, I don't even remember how that battle ended. What it Mosasaurs. <laughs> but I mean, how did they get over there? Oh, cause they kept kind of, by fighting. I think they eventually pushed it, towards the water oh okay yeah well there was that moment where the rex like i was kind of like on the edge of my seat i thought the rex was done you know the indominus had it on the ground it looked like it was dead and uh then blue you know the raptor came out of nowhere and just attacked and uh you know somehow the t-rex got its life back and just destroyed it at the end and just (laughs) threw it all the way to that fence and uh the mosasaurus took it from there yeah there were also a lot of impacts going on there that probably would have broken some bones and maybe incapacitated yeah. one of them. A lot, <laughs> a lot of like throwing into buildings and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So it was I definitely, think... you know, not the type of atmosphere you'd imagine for a dinosaur battle, but it, it, it was awesome. I got to say that scene was pretty cool. 
yeah, it was definitely entertaining. There was a uh, somebody was talking about why T Rex didn't live so long, and one of the ideas is they seem to have a lot of broken ribs and things.、Mm-hmm. So since they don't have, they only have the two limbs, and they're balanced right over their、um, feet. Kind of, you know, they have the huge head, and that's also maybe why its arms shrunk. Because it, in order to get that huge head, you had to lose some other weight in the front so you don't topple over.、Um, but then it didn't have anything to break its fall. So if it's running and it trips,、oh. it could mortally wounded and die pretty easily.、Oh. So if if that kind of thing is breaking its ribs, that crazy fight scene, it's like, <laughs> come on, it would have just been like a puddle of broken bones by the、yeah. end. Yeah. You might be able to excuse it though, since it's genetically engineered. Maybe、yeah. there's something else in there. Its bones are made of what, were, what are Wolverine's bones made out of?、Oh, like、adamantium <laughs> or something. Yeah, adamantium. <laughs> that would be definitely an、uh, interesting take there. I, I could,、uh, I could get behind that. <laughs> Indestructible dinosaur. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they'll take that route in the next film. You know, they'll.、Uh, Make a, a huge shared universe and、uh, throw in the、uh, Wolverine movies and stuff like that, and、uh, and then they'll take those things into into battle with Jurassic War. Well, there is isn't there a Marvel comic coming out called like Dinosaur Girl? Yes,、wow, is there?、Uh, I, I can't remember the title right now, but it's, I think it's Dinosaur Girl. Might well, it's it's a girl and her, her friend slash pet dinosaur. Yeah, it's like a huge T Rex or something. Wow. Or Moon Girl, Moon Girl. That's what it's、yeah. called. <laughs> so she's a Moon Girl, but she has a pet dinosaur. Interesting. Yeah, and she just wants to fit in, of course. Yeah, well, I could see it being a little tough to fit in, you know. <laughs> Literally too. <laughs> hey yo. Well, that's awesome, guys. Thanks for joining me today.、Uh, I think we learned a lot. You guys know so much about dinosaurs. And、uh, I think I'd love to have you guys back sometime. To, you know, when maybe there's some huge dinosaur news to discuss, or, or we know something more about the、uh, the sequels here. That'd be awesome opportunity to kind of get your feedback on dinosaurs. I love it.、Sure. So, where can anybody find you on the internet? Oh, <laughs> we both gestured to each other. <laughs> After you, so, yeah. Our, our website is on iknowdino.com. And that's where we have links to everything. But we're on Facebook, Twitter, Google, Pinterest. Oh no, not Pinterest yet. Sorry.、Um, <laughs> Tumblr. Yes, Tumblr.、Uh, we're also our podcast is primarily hosted on Libsyn,、uh, but、okay. you can find it on iTunes. That's the easiest, and also I believe Stitcher. And TuneIn, I think. And TuneIn.、Like、yeah, and、uh, we also just launched a Patreon page. So patreon.com/slash I know Dino, and that's we we're giving kind of behind the scenes access to people、uh, who want to support us monthly or whatever they feel like doing. We try to give them some interesting things every month to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, that's a really cool thing. I've I've looked into that before. You know, so so. Your listeners can now get a little bit、uh, a sneak peek behind the scenes as to what's going on. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they can、um, ask us questions. We let them know which shows, which dinosaurs we'll be covering in the next couple weeks, and then if we're、uh, sometimes for the interviews, we'll say like, "Hey, we're opening it up for questions for us to ask." So things like that. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me. That was a great time. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. I'm not a computer nerd. I prefer to be called a hacker. 
Aren't you supposed to be a genius or something? I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Dendry. Incorporating all the latest technologies. We shouldn't be here. And there's five dinosaurs. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? So this week I reached out to our Twitter followers to ask everybody about their thoughts on the T-Rex from Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Now we really don't have a ton of information on her as uh, as a character aside from what we've seen on screen. You know, she was a giant predator in the prime of her life during Jurassic Park and certainly showed signs of aging in Jurassic World. Let's see what came to mind for others. At mirror images underscore with a Z says, She... The T-Rex looks bigger in Jurassic Park. I agree. I think she does look a lot bigger in Jurassic Park, and I think that's due to her aging over time. You know, we've we've been away from Jurassic Park for 22 years now, and, you know, she maybe she didn't have enough food, or maybe she's just aging and her skin's tightening up. Who knows? But she uh, definitely looks a little bit thinner in Jurassic World. At N7Patrick says, I hope she returns in the Jurassic World sequel. Patrick also says, Awesome. Best Jurassic Park franchise character ever. I got to agree. I hope she comes back, even though I don't think it's going to be too good for her if she comes back because of her age. Um, and she is probably the best character in the series. You know, she's she's the hero turned villain. Um, and you can't get much better than that because she saved the day multiple times already. At Sickle underscore Claw mentioned, I thought she managed to hold her own quite well in the final fight. Although she hadn't been out in over 10 years. Yeah, man, I don't really know how she managed to win that battle. You know, she seemed to be uh, much smaller and not as strong and older than the Indominus, so who really knows? I mean, you know, it's a little bit of movie magic, so let's uh, let's just say since she was one of our favorite characters, there was nobody that was going to defeat her. At Complains Often puts it simply, She's freaking beautiful. You know what? I agree. That's all I'm going to say about that. Friend of the podcast at Indian Marion has another great response with Hashtag you're welcome. You know, it is the mileage. She's been roaming around Isla Nublar for 30 years now, basically. She's got a lot of mileage on those feet. All right, I hope I'm not butchering this one. It's from at Gian9456, G-I-A-N. So uh, this one says, She's maybe 25 years old, but she fights so well. Could mean clone dinosaurs' lifespans are more enhanced than normal. You've got a really good point there, you know. With the clone dinosaurs, we really have no idea how old they can get. You know, we might have a vague idea of how old a typical dinosaur can reach, but with the different DNA mixed between these dinosaurs, uh, we just have no idea how long they'll go on for. So let's hope we got a few more years in her and maybe we'll see her, you know, part ways with the franchise in the next episode. Over on Instagram... The underscore raptor underscore trainer says, Love her. She's the best Jurassic Park, Jurassic World character. Yep, just like I said before, I got to agree. She has to be probably the best character. Maybe aside from uh, Malcolm. Malcolm's pretty great. But uh, if we're talking dinosaurs, this one takes the cake. I also got a few calls this week, so let's take a listen. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Justin Sedentio from Monster Films on YouTube. Uh like the podcast and I saw you guys tweet about calling and leaving a voicemail. Um, do you guys remember in the nineties, I was a kid growing up in the nineties. So Jurassic Park was my favorite thing growing up to watch and to pretend and play and all that. So I had tons of toys, but there was a field guide that Kodak put out in correlation with the second film. Do any of you guys remember that? 
Um, I remember hanging on to that and using it to uh, plot uh, safaris in my backyard. So I don't have it anymore. I'm kind of bummed. I think I loved it a lot too. It was starting to rip last I remember. But um, yeah, that was awesome. I can't remember where I got it. It was anything to do with this, the ride. Um, I just remember Kodak. It was put out by Kodak, and on one side they had the island, and then on the other side they had like a field guide where you could see all the different dinosaurs and how they sized up to each other, and I think maybe some technical information. So, yeah, just thought I'd drop that on you, see if uh, you remember that. Also, what's going on with the ride uh, at Universal Studios? Um, and they need to update that thing, and I think this this new movie should be uh, kicking the pants to do it. So last time I remember um, in my young adultness, that ride was just falling apart. And it was pretty awesome as a kid, but they just kind of let it go to waste. So, yep, Universal needs to step it up a notch. All right, guys, uh, keep it up. I'm a fan of the show, and, uh, yeah, I'll... Catch you guys in the next episode. Hey, Justin, you know the field guide sounded super familiar right when you mentioned it, but I just couldn't remember what it looked like. So, of course, I went over to Google and searched for it, and I came across some pictures, which I'll post to our Flickr page, but I am—I just instantly remembered, and uh, I'm going to have to go and search some of my old boxes to see if I have this thing around. You know, I remember so vividly loving the depictions of the dinosaurs on the field guide, uh, something about that that pose of the baby T-Rex with a foot up or, or the, t- the, uh, the terrifying design of the raptors from The Lost World. I think those were the ones that really stuck out to me. And I, I just, I really need to find these again because that map on the back was so awesome. You know, you always get to see the maps of Nublar, but, uh, you know, it's nice to see the map of Sorna for once. And you also mentioned the uh, Kodak sponsorship. And that's something I love about the older films. I have a few other uh, collectible items, and they they have the Kodak stamp on there. And I think it really helps to give it that retro feel that you want from the old memorabilia. So, you know, thanks, man. You really sparked my interest in this thing again, and uh, of course now I need to find it. Thanks a lot. Uh, But as far as the ride goes, you know, I haven't been on it in a while either. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you were specifically speaking of Orlando or the Hollywood attraction, um, but I've been on the Orlando one, but it's it's been since about uh, 2006, I think. Uh, so I'm sure it's changed since then. But uh, I don't specifically remember, unfortunately. Uh, but I do I do believe I'm going to get a chance to ride it again in December. Um, and I'll have to come back with the trip report and let you all know how the dinosaurs are looking. But uh, actually, come to think of it, uh, didn't Jurassic World take place in December of 2015? Uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't go on the ride. Thanks, Justin. Hey, I just want to say I love your podcast. I've been listening to it a lot lately, and I sure hope you, for you the best, for you something. I don't know, I can't talk to it, but I'm um, you for the podcast, and um, I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan myself, too, and hope you guys can have a good time with it. All right, bye. Hey, man, thanks so much for calling in. We are having a great time putting this podcast together and intend to keep it running for a long time. Hopefully you can stick around with us as we lead up to yet another Jurassic film in uh, 2018. You know, we truly appreciate all the kind words for the show, and uh, we hope we can keep providing you with great content on all the Jurassic Park films. 
So feel free to call back anytime with uh, any thoughts on the films or compliments on the podcast. I I surely won't say no to those. Thanks. If anyone has anything to add to the podcast, I want to let you know this is truly a fan podcast that takes submissions from all the avid Jurassic Park fans. You can always submit your own thoughts either via email to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com or you can call our voicemail line and leave us a message like the ones you heard here today. The number is 732-825-7763. We hope to hear from you and add you to the next episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Thanks for listening to the 16th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I want to thank Sabrina and Garrett from I Know Dino, the Big Dinosaur Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and follow them on Twitter, at I Know Dino. I also want to thank all the listeners who called into our voicemail this past week. It was great to hear from you. Also, a big thanks to everyone who expressed their thoughts on the T-Rex from Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. If you want to find us, we are basically all over the internet now. Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and Flickr. You can also listen to us via iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and YouTube. And we're usually spotted commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. All of the links to our web presence are found in our show notes, so take a look. And like always, I'm going to ask you again, if you haven't already, please do us a huge favor by giving us a five-star review on iTunes. It will seriously help us build our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. If you want to get a hold of us, the easiest way is to tweet us, at Jurassic Park Pod. Or you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, segment ideas, pictures, top tens, or comments to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it on an upcoming episode. And if you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail a call and leave us a message. The number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.